Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Weekly Touchdown. My name is Brandon Muting. And I am Nick Sander. What's up? All right. I say we get these Week 12. I can't believe it's this far in the season already. I know. There's so many, like, breaking stories. Right? It's it's just insane to keep up with. We're already, like, three-fourths of the way done. Crazy. And the playoffs are in less than six weeks. I know. It's finally starting. Well, it's slowly starting to take shape. I mean, yes. it's not really. It's starting to be there's a lot of who's going to make it. Well, there's, there's a lot of teams that we can see okay are these guys for real or was it just a first half or first half of the season like glitch that they were doing well or they were doing bad so let's get started so let's go with our first matchup we have the colts against the texans who got obliterated yeah ravens i mean the the ravens though they're looking like the real deal and we'll talk about that in a second here when we talk about their game but then the colts man jacoby Brissett is showing how important that he is or important he is to the indianapolis colts um, when Brian Hoyer was the starter a couple weeks ago because of the Brissett injury, they were really struggling. So, And now they have no Marlon Mack, but I honestly don't think that's going to be a problem. They have Jonathan Williams. They have Jonathan Williams, who kind of burst onto the scene last weekend. Um, exactly. I mean, and I think Jacoby Brissett's a very good quarterback. Deshaun Watson's not the Deshaun Watson that everybody was expecting at the beginning of this year. I, I have the Indianapolis Colts taking this Thursday night matchup. And actually, so do I. I have them closer, 17-13 for them. The Texans, I think, I mean, there is no excuse for them to lose in the Ravens that bad. There was a couple yeah. questionable calls. Yep. I'll give them that, but they shouldn't have lost, what was it, 42-7? to It was It was ugly. I mean, especially with that rate, or that, excuse me, the Texans offense with Watson, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, there's, there's just too many uh, playmakers on the offensive side of the ball that there should be. There, there's no excuse for only scoring seven points against a, frankly, mediocre defense in the Ravens. I mean, the Ravens are known for their offense, not, not their defense. defense. So exactly. um, bad showing by the Texans last weekend. All right, and then the next one, we have the Detroit Lions against the Washington Redskins. Keep yeah. in mind, last week we talked about Jeff, Jeff Driscoll. Yep. He actually threw two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, he did play well. Um, and I, I th- looking at the matchup just from the quarterback standpoint, Jeff Driscoll against Dwayne Haskins. I'm taking Jeff Driscoll. Okay. Um, I do not. Th- I do. <laughs> so far, Dwayne Haskins has not really shown anything that he can be a starter in the NFL cons- and put up consistent top numbers, in my opinion. Um, I think the Lions are s- still a decent team. I think they've kind of fell- fallen under the radar since the beginning of the year. But I think the Lions. I we just we both agree that the Redskins are bad. Oh yeah. Um, one of the worst in the league. Uh, and so I think the Lions take this one pretty comfortably, 24-10. to 10. And I have the Lions winning at 21-10. to 10. Dwayne Haskins went 2-1, and one, I believe, last week. Yep. I mean, that's not terrible, but I don't think he's going to do good against the Lions. Absolutely. And the Redskins don't have an offensive threat. Yep. They really don't. The Lions don't either. I guess you can kind of consider Marvin Jones one. He's he's kind of burst onto the scene as one. Right. Kenny Galladay's kind of went to the back backdrop, and and Ken, or Marvin Jones has kind of came to the forefront. So, uh, if you have Marvin Jones in your fantasy team, you've been loving the Jeff Driscoll Marvin Jones connection. Exactly. So we both take the Lions in this one. Now the next one we have the Giants who are coming off a bye, mm-hmm. taking on the Bears. Yeah, and the Bears still struggling to score the ball. Uh, I mean, but they still have a above-average defense, and I think that's what's going to be the difference in this game. Um, I'm not sure Saquon's 100% healthy still from that high ankle sprain a couple weeks ago, and frankly, I just take the Bears. I think the Bears are a better team overall. Okay. Um, playing at Soldier Field, I think that's going to even help them even more. Bears take this one. Nah, we'll go 17-7. to 17-7. to All right, first disagreement of this one. I have the Giants winning 21-17. to 
The Giants are coming off a bye. Okay. And before their bye, Daniel Jones went 4-0 against mm-hmm. the Jets. Considering, yes, it's the Jets. Trubisky's last game, he only had 56% of accuracy. Yeah. Not very good for a quarterback. I do agree the Giants' defense isn't that good, and I bet Trubisky will have a better game. But yeah. I think Daniel Jones will come over for the Giants on that one. All right. Um, the next one, another team coming off the bye, is the Seattle Seahawks against the Philadelphia Eagles, who shut down Tom Brady. Yeah, absolutely. And I, but I, you know, I think the Seahawks get this the win here in okay. Philadelphia. I think coming off of a bye, uh, off of off of an impressive win against the 49ers the week yep. the week prior. Um, granted, they would have lost if the rookie kicker for the 49ers. Uh, I don't remember his name, Chase Limbaugh or something like that. Yep. Uh, if he could have made a field goal in overtime and crunch time when it mattered then the 49ers would have stayed undefeated. But nonetheless, the Seahawks got the win in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. Coming off of a bye, Russell Wilson's going to be even better than he was against the 49ers. Um, the defense is going to play very well, I'm sure. And frankly, Carson Wentz is not having the MVP season that many people thought he would have coming off of last year's uh, injury. So with that being said, I think the Seattle Seahawks take this one in a close one, 31-28. to and I have the Seahawks taking note as well from 28 to 21. And you said it almost perfectly. I wasn't expecting them to have a close game with the 49ers a couple weeks yeah. ago. I thought the 49ers were all hype, but the 49ers proved me wrong there. Um, I think Russell Wilson's unstoppable. And, yes, the Eagles shut down someone like Tom Brady, but I do not think they're going to shut down someone like Russell Wilson this yeah. week. He, that, that's, Russell Wilson's the true – well, now we see Lamar Jackson kind of taking the shape or kind of conforming to the mold of – the dual threat quarterback, mm-hmm. but Russell Wilson really kind of invented that in the NFL. There was the dual threat in college, but in the NFL, he there we never really saw a guy that can run and pass as well as Russell Wilson, in or does until Russell Wilson came in the league from Wisconsin. So. Um, I think Russell Wilson's just the better quarterback out of the two. And nobody expected him this year to mm-hmm. do as well as he did. We were kind of expecting him to go on a decline. Yeah. But he really didn't. No. He went on the incline. Exactly. Um, the next one, and I'm going to bring up um, the Broncos quarterback here in a second. The yep. Broncos against the Bills. I'm going to ask, who's Brandon Allen? I have he, no absolute idea who this I is. I can't remember where he went to college, but he – so they drafted Drew Locke from okay. Missouri last year. I remember that. Drew Locke, I believe – I'm not – I'm not a huge Broncos guy. I'm not. I don't read the Broncos stories day in and day out. But if I remember correctly, Drew Locke, their draft pick, either got injured or he had a horrible camp where he got dropped to the third string spot. He's still on the roster. Okay. But th- th- last week, the Broncos, Brandon Allen, kind of led them into a place that they have not been this year in a dominating performance to start the game. To start the game. And then they just could not get anything going in the second half. So Better leadership than Joe Flacco. Ex- oh, absolutely. We're seeing that, man, Joe Flacco might have been washed up after all. Um, that Brandon Allen is even a better – who knows who Brandon Allen is. But that Brandon Allen's a better quarterback than Joe Flacco. And who knows? I honestly thought jo- uh, Drew Locke coming out of Missouri last year in the draft, I really believed that he could eventually be the starter. But they haven't even given him a chance. and no. So so you uh, think they need to give him one? I, I think they do, especially after last week. How, granted, give the Vikings credit last week, making changes to the uh, to their defense and stuff in the second half to kind of counter against the Broncos' attack. But still, regardless, you should be able to score points in a half of football, especially when you scored 20-some in the first half. And so they couldn't do anything. 
Exactly, and they can't really depend on their running game. Philip Lindsay hasn't done much this season, yeah. so they're going to have to depend on Brandon Allen Absolutely. for their passing game. Absolutely. Um, and then the Bills side, they beat the Dolphins. No big deal there. But Josh Allen is still staying consistent. Yeah, he's, um, he's a good quarterback. For sure, and I actually have the Bills winning this. Only by a field goal, 17-14. And I have the Bills winning this 24-10, to 10, actually. I think, um, I think it's going to be a, a bigger spread than I think a lot of people think. Um, Broncos really showed last week that outside of Noah Fant, they don't really have a receiver. Cortland Sutton was supposed to be the next big thing. They traded away Emmanuel Sanders. Um, I should clarify, the next big thing on the Broncos offense. But he hasn't really panned out this year. He's had a couple decent games. Noah Fant's only been or kind of been that only consistent target that whoever the Broncos quarterback, whether it be Joe Flacco, Brandon Allen, or maybe Drew Locke in the future can throw to. Exactly. And then they're also talking about Cam Newton coming there, possibly. Yep. Yeah, I still I still think Cam Newton's best uh Chicago. Oper- yeah. But now talking about Cam Newton and I don't know if you want to, but we can do this Panthers game next, just to break or segue kind of. Yeah, of course. The the Panthers at the Saints. But talking about the Panthers and Cam Newton, if I'm if I'm the Panthers I'm thinking about keeping Cam Newton now. Because of Kyle Allen. Because Kyle Allen is playing horrible right now, and he has the last couple games. Um, I mean, on the show a couple weeks ago, I was saying how, yeah, Kyle Allen is playing exceptionally well, and as long as Key can stay consistent, and we see the same thing with Jameis Winston down in Tampa Bay. Consistency is literally the key uh, to winning football games if you're a quarterback. And Kyle Allen is not consistent right now. He had a couple good games, and everybody – Got on the hype train, including myself. And I, if I remember correctly, you even thought I did. Kyle Allen's the next good quarterback for the Panthers. I was on the hype train. But here we are, and he just threw four picks last week. And now it's they're saying, man, if we trade away Cam Newton and we're, we're stuck with Kyle Allen. And where a couple weeks ago it was, oh, well, if we trade away Cam Newton, we got Kyle Allen. But now it's that kind of different tone where, oh, we have Kyle Allen. So um, Panthers have some things to think about. However, I'll just go ahead and pick the Panthers game real quick. Okay, go for um, it. The Panthers at the Saints. I, I think the Saints are just a better team. Uh, Christian McCaffrey will have a big game like he always does, but Michael Thomas, man, he is a machine at the wide receiver position for New Orleans. And Drew Brees got back in his Drew groove. Drew Brees got back into his groove, like you just said. I think the Saints have a better defense as well. So I think the Saints take this one pretty comfortably, 31-17. to And I have the Saints taking it as well pretty easily, 17-3. to like we said, Drew Brees back in the groove with three touchdowns last week. The Saints' defense had four interceptions. Yeah. So if Kyle Allen threw four interceptions last week, the Saints got four interceptions. It's not looking good for Kyle Allen. Absolutely. He's got to turn it around. Exactly. So we'll go transfer back over to the Jaguars versus the Titans. Now, last week we were talking about how will Nick Foles do? Yeah. Who's going to be his main target? Well, guess who his main target is? It's DJ Chark. DJ Chark. Yeah. And... I'm proud of that, or I'm happy with that because he's on my fancy team. Same here. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Uh, DJ Chark, I believe, put up 100 and 100 plus yards, a touchdown. Uh, big, big week for DJ Chark. And granted, surprising play from Nick Foles. He did not do too bad. No, not at all. Um, and I think that the Titans, you know, Ryan Tannehill sl- maybe can lead that offense, but not against the Jaguars team that. Frankly, Leonard Fournette has shown that he still can be a starting running back. DJ Chark, like you said, is still having that connection with Nick Foles even after his collarbone injury or clavicle injury. Um, and I think the Jags take this one 24-17. And I have them taking it 24-14. to I think the only chance the Titans have this game is if they had the same kind of defense they had against the Chiefs. Absolutely. I was just going to say that. I was thinking, man, they got to just have turnovers. They need to force turnovers 
as you do in any game. Yeah. But if they want any uh, chance at winning this game, even at ho- even though it's at home, they're going to need to force Nick Foles to turn the ball over. Exactly, and I'm not. I'm honest. I'm not going to believe in that this week. No, I don't. I don't. I don't have the confidence in the Tennessee Titans right now. All right. Now this next game is probably going to be game of the week. Mm-hmm. We have the Green Bay Packers against the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Possible big NFC teams, both possible Super Bowl contenders this year. Yeah, future playoff match. I mean, it's it's this is a big game. Um, I'm actually going to take the pack. That's who I took as well. I'm going to take the Packers just because the sole purpose that it's Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones is having a phenomenal season. Yes. And looking on the 49ers side of the ball, their defense has not been the same as it was in the first six, seven weeks of the season. Exactly. Um. And the 49ers, frankly, did not play well against the Cardinals last week. No, and it, they, I think it threw Jimmy G off oh, because he threw two interceptions. Absolutely. Game. And so if, if Jimmy G's turning the ball over, there's no consistent running back right now. Tevin Coleman had one good week about three weeks ago, if I can remember correctly, and he's just kind of fell, fallen off the map. Matt Breda the same way, and Raheem Mostert the same way. Uh, granted, you have Emmanuel Sanders out there just traded from uh, Denver, but that defense was what the 49ers were winning ball games with. And we saw it last year with the Bears. A defense can win you games. Nick Bose is still a great player, but that secondary needs to shape up, in my opinion. And I think Aaron Rodgers will tear him apart. Um, I think the Packers win this one 38-28. to Oh, okay, so 10 point. Yep. I have the Packers only winning by field goal once again, but I... We were talking about this during class. I just don't ever see Aaron Rodgers going on a decline. Oh, yeah. I don't see it happening. And especially with the confidence the 49ers after, had after losing against the Seahawks, then struggling against the Cardinals, they are not going to get it done against the Packers. No, not, unless they, barring some unexpected change in their defense and offense just going on a tear, they don't have a chance against Green Bay. Exactly. The next one, a couple struggling teams here. We got the Miami Dolphins against the Cleveland Browns, who obviously controversial. We'll yeah. get to that later, but I, I have the Dolphins. I do too. <laughs> I, I just Baker Mayfield's playing horrible. Yes. They lost potentially their best player on the on either side of the ball in Miles Garrett, who's out for obvious reasons. Yes. And I, I just OBJ, you can't count on him right now. Well, I mean, you might be able to count on him if they get him the ball, but exactly. they're not getting him the ball. No. Jarvis Landry is is not a wide receiver one. He's not a top wide receiver in the league right now. No. David Njoku just started practicing today, so he's probably not going to play this weekend. Maybe next week. And then you look at the backfield, and you have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, who are, as of right now, just average backs. And Kareem Hunt kind of transferred into the receiver he has. against the Steelers. Exactly, he has. And so right now, looking at their defense and their offense, you just look, where can I get the ball or who's going to stop a guy from making a big play? Granted, it's the Dolphins, but I think the Dolphins take this one in a very, very close one, possibly a last-second field goal, 17-14 to 14 over the Browns. And I have the Dolphins only winning by field goal as well, 31-28. to 28, I think the last game for the Dolphins, their most – or their leading – rushing yards was nine only yeah. nine sorry i phrased that really weird nine rushing yards yep most and it was by ballage um the browns yes their defense got four interceptions against the steelers beckham only had six, 60 yards and we talked about kareem hunt kind of transferring into that receiver position and nick chubb kind of being the main running back but i i gotta agree with the dolphins on that one yeah i mean 
Yeah, I think the I think the the Dolphins win this one. I don't think the Bengals will win. No, but I think the Dolphins will win. So, uh, Bengals are definitely the worst team in the league right now. Exactly. Um, the next one will have the Oakland Raiders against the Jets. Yep, I have the Raiders. I so honestly what? think the Raiders are actually a sleeper to make a playoff spot. Okay. I don't have them in my predictions. Later on, we'll talk about. But I think they're just on the the cusp. Um, the Jets, they. Le'Veon Bell is not panning out. Not um, Sam Darnold's not having a good year. He hasn't had a good season since he got back from mono. Um, and Robbie Anderson's really their only wide receiver. I mean, you have Demarius Thomas, but he's not the Demarius Thomas of old. No. Um, the, the Jets' defense, since they traded away Leonard Williams uh, off that defensive line, has not been able to get any pressure on the opposing quarterback. And I, frankly, I think Josh. I'm a big fan of Josh Jacobs. I really like He's Josh improved. Jacobs. I yeah. Derek Carr's not having a bad season at all. Nope. Um, they have Tyrell Williams on the on the on the wide receiving core to lead that squad. And frankly, they have an average defense. Um, so I think the Raiders will win this one pretty comfortably in New York, 31 to 21. And I think, honestly, it depends on the Raiders' defense. We know how the Jets' defense plays. We know how the Jets' offense plays. We know how the Raiders' offense plays. The Raiders' defense, you just never know. Yeah. They could have a really good week, and they could have a terrible week. Um, Sam Darnold had four touchdowns against Washington, yes. Mm-hmm. But like, if he does that again against the Raiders, then the Jets could win. However, Absolutely. I still have the Raiders winning 24-21 on that one. Absolutely. Um, the next one, the Buccaneers versus the Falcons, who have managed to blow out the Panthers and the Saints back to back. Which nobody saw the one at the Saints coming. Not at Um, all. And frankly, I didn't see the one against the Panthers coming, but it was Kyle Allen. Yes. So I think, and we talk about this every week, it kind of gets old talking about it, but there's just no consistency on the Buccaneers' offense. They need someone else. Um, And so because of that, I have the Falcons taking this one 28-14 over the Buccaneers. And I have the Falcons taking it 35-10 and. The Falcons also had four interceptions. Mm-hmm. And if Jameis Winston is going to be inconsistent, then Falcons will probably do it again against them. Absolutely. Um, the next one, and now I'm going to call you out on this one. All right. The Steelers against the Bengals. Yeah, I the said the Bengals. Week, Nick. Yep. What did you say? I said the Bengals were going to win. And what happened? They lost. They lost. Do you think they're going to beat the Steelers? No, I do not. Okay. Um, frankly, the Bengals last week, they were close to knocking off the Raiders. Um, but you know, Ryan Finley, when Ryan Finley's your, your starting quarterback, you're going to go 0 and 10, or you're going to move to 0 and 10 when Ryan Finley's Joe Mixon though, did not have a horrible day, 86 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Josh Jacobs though, had a better day having 112 yards on the ground. Um, yeah, I just think that I want to take the Bengals. I do. Cause I love underdogs Yes, and the Steelers. I'm not a fan of, I'm not a fan of Mason Rudolph after this last week. Um, no, just, uh, <laughs> you'll hear my opinion on that later, Brandon, but yes. I, I, I think the Steelers are just the better overall team. They have a better defense and defense wins games. So Steelers take this one 17 to 10. I think it's going to be a low scoring game. And I got to agree with the Steelers with this one. I've had a lot of close predictions this week. I have the Steelers only winning by a field goal. So a little bit closer. I'm, 
I don't know what the Bengals' problem is. They need to find someone to lead their offense. They, mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, yes, you said he didn't have a bad game last week, but he hasn't been consistent. I was going to say, can, will he be able to keep it going? Yeah, Tyler so. Boyd hasn't been a bad leader. He hasn't been bad, and Tate, as well, out of yes. the receiving game, has not been bad. Granted, also remember that they were expecting A.J. Green to be back by now, and he has not been back. So, that's a. I mean, he was a top five wide receiver in the league when he's healthy, and he just has not been healthy, so... Um, big loss for the Bengals. Not saying that they would be seven and three right now if they had AJ Green, but they Maybe might be a, a they might be a three and seven, two and eight team. Exactly. Now this next one, in my personal opinion, I think it's gonna be very high scoring. Cowboys and the Patriots. And I I think it'll be the other way around. Actually, I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. Oh, low scoring game. Okay. Um, maybe not super low, but I would say somewhere in the 20s range. Just because I think that the Patriots' uh, defense will be able to slow down the Cowboys' offense, meaning that the Patriots won't have to score a ton of points. Okay. Um, I think the Patriots will win this game uh, by a score of 28-17. to Just because Dak Prescott's having a good season, but the thing is, you can't count on Michael Gallup to have a big game like he did last weekend. And where was Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper just disappeared. Um, Ezekiel Elliott did not have a good game either. And so, just looking at it, I think the Patriots are the better team. I think Patriots are a top-two team in the, the AFC. We've talked about that. Um, and I just, frankly, I don't think that the, the Cowboys barely got away with a win in Detroit last week. Uh, like I said, Dak... Phenomenal game, 444 yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Zeke, 45 yards on the ground. Not, not a good game. That's, you're telling me he was an MVP candidate at the beginning of the year. I mean, there, there's, that's not – Bo Scarborough from the Detroit Lions had a better day than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, like I said, you can't count on Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup had nine receptions for 148 yards. But where was Amari Cooper? Amari Cooper, three receptions, 30 yards. Not at all. He, I mean, granted, Randall, okay, Randall Cobb. You're telling me that you're going to count on Randall Cobb for four receptions, 115 yards, and a touchdown every week. There's there's just consistency. I mean, they're scoring points. Don't get me wrong. They are. But there's no real consistent threat. You look at the Saints. I just look at the Saints, and I, who do they throw it to? Who gets over 100 yards every single game, even if Alvin Kamara is having a good game? They still get Michael Thomas his touches, and they still have him involved in the game, and he goes off every game. And so I have the Patriots win this one 28-17, and that was really long. Everything you just said, I'm about to do, say the complete opposite. Oh, please, please stand on your soapbox. Please stand on your soapbox and tell me. I'm I'm not going to say what you said is wrong, because what you said is correct. Okay. I will give you that. Dak Prescott was consistent last week. Yep. I thought I bl- I have four touchdowns down. Did he only have three? I, I I only put down three, but maybe I'm wrong. Okay. I could I could very well be wrong. So three to four touchdowns. That's not bad either way. It is not bad. Gallup, yes, he had a big game. Amari Cooper did disappear. Randall Cobb is, I wouldn't say he's like a mid-level receiver. However, you have three receivers you can throw to. Yes, you are probably facing the best defense in the NFL and the Patriots. Mm-hmm. But I have the Cowboys winning 42 to 38. Okay, why? Very bold pick. If the Patriots win, I won't be surprised. But I think Dak Prescott, Gallup, Cooper, Cobb, and Elliott will get it done. Mm. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> so I just wonder, okay, so you think that all three of those receivers 
Gallup, Cooper, and Cobb will all have how many yards? Each I, I one. Don't, I don't think all three of them will have good games. I think maybe okay. two of them. One of them will disappear kind of like Amari Cooper did last week. But that's that's how this Cowboys offense kind of is, though, Brandon. They only have one receiver a game that, like, really goes off. Okay, take away last game. Okay. okay, we'll just I'm just going to go back to the the Minnesota Vikings game against the Cowboys. Okay. I'm I'm going to bring it up. So this is the first time I'm seeing the stats and I hope that I'm uh I'm actually right instead of uh wrong here. But if I'm wrong, then I'll 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 say it. So in a 28-24 loss to uh the Vikings receiving Amari Cooper 147 yards and a touchdown. That's pretty good. Michael Gallup Three receptions, 35 yards. Um, oh, excuse me, that's Blake Jarwin. I was like, that yeah, was sorry. Not him. Okay. Oh, gosh, Randall Cobb, 106 yards. There you go. So not bad there. Michael Gallup? Michael Gallup, I didn't look. Probably 78. 76 yards. 76. Okay, so that's not horrible. No. We're going we're gonna to look back another game here <laughs> to the Giants. Oh. They're, well, okay, it's the Giants, man. Dang it. Okay, okay here, yeah, the Giants will help my case. I'm my Giants will help the Giants come in clutch. <laughs> okay, here we go. Amari Cooper led the team with four receptions, 80 yards. Who came in second? Jason Witten with 58 yards. Randall Cobb, six receptions, 35 yards. Michael Gallup, two receptions, 33 yards. Granite, they added a touchdown. Yep. Okay, so that's that's not bad. No. But then look at Zeke's record stats right there. 23 carries, 139 yards. That is, if you're getting over 120 yards as a back in the NFL, you are a superstar back. Yes. But Despite he didn't score a touchdown that game. Exactly. He did not score a touchdown. But I would I would honestly take 132 yards on a consistent basis with no touchdown over a 16-carry, 45-yard performance, oh. one touchdown. Yeah, no, for sure. And, I agree with that. And the 45 yards on the ground is one thing. If you're... If you're helping out in the receiving game, mm-hmm. but his receiving game, yes, he did have a touchdown uh, through the air or receiving as Zeke did, but he only had 28 yards, and one of that it all came on that one big play that was his touchdown run, um, if I can remember correctly, maybe 23 yards or something came out of that play. So yes, I am a little wrong that they do not use they 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 don't just use one guy in a game, but hey, if they use all three and Zeke has a big game, then, yeah, the Cowboys will run away with this one. But I think the Patriots' defense is, is better than a lot of people think. Uh, oh, yeah, the Patriots' defense are superior. I will give it that. I will have to talk about it next week and see who wins this case. Um, so the last game is the Ravens and the Rams. Now, let's keep in mind, so a couple weeks ago, we talked about how they involved Mark Ingram, Robert Griffin III, and Lamar Jackson on one play. Yep. Last week, they involved Robert Griffin on a couple more plays. Are you starting to think they're going to start using a two-quarterback system? Or no. Or is it just kind of for fun? I think, I think it's for fun. Okay. Lamar Jackson is their guy. Yes. Lamar Jackson is the leader for the MVP right now. Okay. As he should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no reason to even put a two-quarterback system in their mind. I, th- I, I That's my opinion. Oh, I agree. And I think also, I think, I just repeated myself twice, um, the coaching staff You've seen their press conferences about Robert Griffin. They think he's improved in practices. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying he should take Lamar Jackson's spot, but maybe now that they kind of almost locked in that playoff spot, maybe they're going to switch to Griffin for these last couple I, I could see them doing that the last week. Yes. Um, week 17, I could see them doing that. But not, not but I don't, I don't see a reason, unless they get up big. 
which they very well might in this game. Yes. Um, I have the Ravens winning 35-17. That's the exact score that I put as well. Jared Goff is inconsistent. Todd Gurley, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's nothing going for them. Cooper Cup got shut down, too. He did get shut down two weeks ago. So it's just like, man. Where, yeah, where I, think, I think look? I think – Yeah, exactly. And I, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about because Sean McVay was the next best coach last year. And now he's kind of showing that, man, he can't really coach as of right now. The Rams have nowhere to look right now on the on the offensive side of the ball. Robert Woods, no. Uh, Brandon Cooks is lingering with an injury. Yep. Cooper Cup, okay, well, he got shut down. Todd Gurley, not the Todd Gurley of old. Nope. Malcolm Brown has having to start stepping up as a starting running back, and he can't. He just frankly is not that guy. So Jared Goff is not – what he should be as a number one pick. And so the Rams offense is struggling. Exactly. And I think that's why we both take the Ravens 35 to 17 in that one. Absolutely. All right. So we'll start moving over to the topic side. Um, We're going to, we usually don't talk a whole lot about college football on this podcast, but this was kind of big. Tua from Alabama, the hip injury. And I'm not just talking any injury. This injury is the same injury that ended Bo Jackson's career. Yes, but they caught Tua's injury right away. That is they, true. They're not letting Tua play on it. It's yes. already fixed. I mean, they, they already did surgery. Oh, did they? they did surgery Monday. It was all fine. So it's all fixed. So okay. they're not letting Tua play on it. That's good. Um, Tua's obviously done for a significant amount of time. So now here we – I was thinking about this earlier. Okay. And there's a couple ways you can do or go about this. So let's say he goes the NFL route still. Okay. He's still going to be a top 10 pick. Yes. Because look at who the teams up at the top are going to be. The Dolphins, the Bengals, the Redskins. The, the Redskins. They're all going to be looking for a quarterback. Yes. Unless Dwayne Haskins somehow goes off. But the Bengals, the Dolphins are going to be in the top five. They're going to need a quarterback. The the Bears will need a quarterback. They may trade up and get Tua. Or the Broncos. The Broncos are in the same boat. Um, even throw in the uh, – the br- okay, I want to say the Browns, but I don't think they will. No. Um, because I think they still believe in Baker Mayfield. I still believe in Baker Mayfield. Uh, and uh, look at Pittsburgh. Is Mason Rudolph really your fr- next franchise quarterback? You don't know. I. It's just – there's that. so that's one route you can go. Yes. And let's say he does go to the NFL. So is Mac Jones, their backup quarterback, going to be able to lead Bama to the playoff? Um, or is Tua's younger brother, Talia Tonga Viola, is he going to get his chance? We don't know. All right, so now let's say the other scenario. Let's say Tua returns to Bama for his senior season. Okay. Do you think it? Do you think it's highly possible because of this injury? I, I honestly, I think he'll still go pro. Okay. Um, but I would not blame him if he came back. Yes. Gets his degree. Okay, which that's that's pretty big. Yes. Um, get your college degree, get another chance. You, frankly, he was the Heisman front runner coming into this year. Exactly. And so he would be the Heisman front runner next year. That is because Trevor Lawrence is not, or he's still playing well, but he's not the freshman sensation Trevor Lawrence. And he's not going to be a Heisman candidate. Exactly. So, um, I, I just think that either way, you you have to deal with this very carefully if you're Tua and his family and all that. But, you know, I think he should go to the pro. He should go pro. But I would not blame him if he came back. And it's honestly, it's just too bad because 
considering he got hurt on what would have been his last play of the game. Exactly. And so it's it's just really bad, but it gives people something to think about with should he return now? And you can't blame him if he does because you already know what you're going to have, and Alabama is going to have a five-star quarterback under center whether or not. And you only have these moments once. Exactly, exactly. So you can't blame him either way. It's just whatever whatever he thinks. And it, it also depends on how that he recovers. Exactly. If he's struggling to recover a little bit, do not go to the NFL. No, you need to stay You in need college. to stay in college and, and nurse it a little bit because Alabama is going to be fine through the first five weeks of the season. But if they're going to be able to have Tua when they play LSU, when they play Georgia, or if they play Georgia, if they play Florida, Tennessee, stuff like that, you're going to need Tua there healthy. And that's going to be the games that NFL scouts look at. And, well, geez, he played really well against number one defense, LSU. He can He's going to be fine in the pros, where this year he was having a good year, but it was not anything super spectacular. Um because obviously Alabama lost to LSU. So um, I think he should go pro, but I would not blame him if he comes back. We'll have to kind of keep up with ESPN on that one because they always give good updates about Tua and other college injuries. Absolutely. So we'll have to keep up with that one. Um, so we're going to move back into the NFL for these topics. I think we all know what next the next topic is going to be about. It involves helmets and hitting people in the head. Yeah. <laughs> Miles Garrett and Mason Rudolph. Yep. What's your perspective on this? Okay, so why didn't Mason Rudolph get suspended? I agree. Okay, I'm so you're in the same boat on this. You one. look in you look at the the suspensions and Miles Garrett is indefinite, which I think he should be. Yes. Larry Ojun Joby uh, got suspended one game for decking Mile or Mason Rudolph after Mason Rudolph got bad or got up, threw his hands in the air. Probably said some explicitives, and and just was you know he de- got decked by Larry. Yeah. But then there's Marquise Pouncey who got suspended three games for basically kicking and stomping on Miles Garrett after he took a swing at his quarterback. The least, the guy I blame I blame the least here is Marquise Pouncey. Okay. Because I look at it as yeah, obviously don't kick him and stuff, but. I look at it as, okay, you were standing up for your quarterback. Exactly. Like What you saw is a dude that just took a swing with the, at your quarterback who does not have a helmet on, took a swing at the guy Jesus with a helmet. Yes. And so that, that, that was just bad in my opinion. Um, that, was, that was uncalled for. The Miles Garrett part. Oh, yeah. Marquise Pouncey, obviously there's different ways you can handle it, but if, if, I'm, Mason, or if I'm Marquise Pouncey, I'm not, mad. I'm, not ba- I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad from the Steelers organization that Marquise Pouncey got suspended three games because that's what you want to see from your teammates is you want to know that you, they have your back and you have theirs. Exactly. And I think the thing, a lot of people first blame Miles Garrett right away, and I do too. I, I do. His, his actions should not be backed up. Oh, absolutely not. But what a lot of people didn't see before that is that Mason Rudolph was kind of ga- grabbing his collar, and yeah. I don't think a lot of people knew about that. Well, they, he grabbed his collar, and honestly, if you look at the video, the cor- or not the correct way, a certain way, you can actually see that Mason Rudolph may or may not, because I've had different opinions. I've, I've watched that video many times. So have I. And one time I'll I'll think oh Mason Rudolph was trying to rip off his hel- his helmet. Yep, that's what I was about to bring up. But then you look at it a different time and you're like, well maybe he's just like trying to like like choke hold Miles Garrett. Yeah. Maybe you're trying he's trying to like put maybe honestly 
maybe he's just trying to get him off him, like by pushing him, and it just—I don't know. There's so many it different ways. Like choking. That's, that's what I'm saying, exactly. And so, that's what I'm thinking. Mason Rudolph was in the fight. Yeah. He was in the the brawl. And he didn't get. And he didn't even get one game. And so that I'm just looking at. Where, what are we doing here, NFL? Because you're telling me if a guy can basically get in a brawl, and I'm sure there was stuff said. I'm sure Miles Rudolph just talking to the and okay. Another thing that really got on my nerves is Mason Rudolph's press conferences. Yes, that and was very how he annoying. just calling seemed him coward. Yeah, calling Miles Garrett a coward and calling it bush league. I wanted to straight up be like, dude, you're you were part of that. Exactly. Because we all know how this how games work, and we all know how competition works. Sometimes your emotions get the best of you. They do, and I don't. I that's fine. Emotions a big part of the game, if not the whole game. Exactly. But the thing is, is I'm sure that throughout the the, the course of the game. You already know Mason Rudolph was chatting to Miles Garrett and talking trash to Miles Garrett, and I'm sure Miles Garrett was passing it back. Oh yeah. But the thing is, is then Mason Rudolph comes to the press conferences and says, you know, he's a coward. He's that was bush league. That's all I know. I'm not gonna comment anymore on it. But then he continues the next couple of days to comment on it. Exactly. And Mason Rudolph just kind of played the innocent card. Where there's videos. That, I mean, dude. You were not innocent, and you no. should be suspended, in my opinion. And it's kind of ridiculous that, that the NFL didn't suspend him. And so, it makes because, me mad. Because, frankly, I wouldn't have been sad to see or mad if Miles, or not Miles, Mason Rudolph even got an indefinite while they investigated a little bit more. Exactly. Because he does not deserve to play if he's, I mean, I, I don't know. I think that the way people see the video is that he was trying to rip off Miles Garrett's helmet first. And so, and that's what I'm thinking as well is what gives Miles Garrett the idea to rip off the helmet? Yeah. Unless it, he he was trying to get Miles Garrett's helmet off, off first. And so I'm just like I don't know. I think Mason Rudolph got very very lucky. I'm I think Mason Rudolph is lucky that he wasn't able to rip Miles Garrett's helmet off. I mean, he could have been killed. Oh no, I, absolutely. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. And and. You know, then Mason Rudolph comes out and goes, yeah, like criminal charges aren't off the table and everything. Dude, you're playing football, yeah. okay? The, like we, you're you not go innocent. UFC, go to UFC. Yeah, like you're not inf- innocent here. So, like, you need to realize that you played just as big of a part in this fight as Miles Garrett did. Exactly. And you were right next to Miles Garrett, but you getting up and throwing your hands up and your palms in the air saying, what, what did I do? Like, why, how, really? That's not going to get you anywhere. And so just the fact that he's just – just his whole demeanor in the press conference, he was just trying to play the victim card in my opinion, and that's the most guilt, guilty look you can give in my in my eyes. And I think you and I have both probably had these problems. Both of us probably have had emotions get the best of us, but we wouldn't – we wouldn't put it past us Yeah, like, like, like Mason Rudolph is. And one thing I did want to bring up – I actually retweeted this on Twitter – this went viral after this. Um, this guy who went to high school now, considered it is social media. This yes. could be a complete lie. Um, but this guy claims he went to school with Mason Rudolph, claims he's a bully, and at some point he threw him in a porter potty and his buddies knocked it over. I, that's what I'm that saying. That went I don't know. viral. <laughs> and the thing is, Mason Rudolph, just his whole demeanor in the press conference. I believe it. <laughs> like, I, yeah. That I believe that. You know, and I can't say some things on on the podcast that I could say in real life, yep. but and there's there's many names that you can assort to Mason Rudolph and how his demeanor was in his press conferences, and it was frankly just childish. Yes, immature. Um, 
it was just immature. It was ridiculous that he even comes out and says that calls Miles Garrett a coward. But because or because I'm just looking at the video and saying you're right along with him. Exactly. And just because you didn't take his helmet off, just because you didn't stomp on him or anything like that, literally you were you were right there. Like when he got taken down to the ground, he was literally had his arms around Miles Garrett. Exactly. And it's like you're not the victim here in my eyes. Um obviously I mean, obviously, you don't want to see any guy take off their helmet and swing at the guy at his head because that's, like, crossing the line dangerous. But I don't know. I think that Mason Rudolph should have gotten suspended. I believe. I, 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 I think, and I think the NFL is kind of looking like a joke right now it is. because of this. And I think it should have been for, four, like, four games at least. Mm-hmm. It. I just I'm, – I was upset when I heard he wasn't getting anything. Yeah, absolutely. And on Miles Garrett's side, heck – I mean, I think he should have been suspended. He, oh, Miles Garrett should be suspended for a very long time. If not, maybe kicked out of the NFL. NFL. Yeah, no, I agree. Look at, I mean, because this is what. Okay, this is what I also think. Josh Gordon got taken out of the NFL for drugs. Yes. Miles Garrett doesn't get taken out of the NFL for Almost a potential killing, like someone. possibly could kill somebody. I just that's where I'm just like, man, if if Miles Garrett, now he filed an appeal and everything, and so on the off chance. He comes back for a maybe playoff game, maybe last game of the season. The NFL is going to look like a joke, exactly. and even more than it already does. It's going to be a clown, and all those pictures that Roger Goodell has the clown nose in, it they will be out even more oh, because yeah. this is a that will be a joke if Miles Garrett even plays one more game in the NFL. In my opinion, exactly. No, I agree. I think Mason Rudolph should have been suspended, and I don't think Miles Garrett should return to the NFL. It's almost like the Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown didn't do anything physical. But obviously, like they're not going to let him back in the league because of his moral. Same Absolutely, thing with Miles Garrett. You do not want that image. In and it was actually kind of funny because I saw a, a GIF on. Is it GIF or GIF? What do you What do you say? I Off say topic. GIF, but I will take it's, GIF. Okay, because I always say GIF. So, um, GIF, G I F. Okay. Um, I saw a GIF on Twitter after on Thursday night after uh, the game or after the fight. And okay, pause. The the biggest craziest thing is. The fight happened at the end of the game when nothing was going to happen with the result of the game. So why are we even fighting right there? Exactly. Okay, resume. So I saw a GIF that um, that the XFL was like bringing their hands together, like oh, oh la la, because Miles Garrett was going to get kicked out of the NFL, which I thought that was funny. I think I retweeted that. So Vince McMahon and the yeah, XFL that's what I'm would saying. Because like the, the XFL is going to be home to like Johnny Manziel and all those guys with trouble past. So the XFL was just like <laughs> when they when when Miles Garrett. Which hey, Miles Garrett to the XFL. I'll start the hashtag now. And and if it happens, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's do. This is going to be the last time we do this, and we usually do it every four weeks. Now, week sixteen. Yes, there is a week sixteen. It's week twelve. The reason why I don't want to do it week 16, because at that point it's obvious who's... Yeah, absolutely. So week 12, there could be a lot of changes still because you have a few games left. So let's go ahead and give our last playoff predictions of the year and see what happens. Okay, so AFC, do you want me to go... Yep, go number one and two. You'll talk about it, and then I'll talk about mine. Sweet. All right, AFC, number one, Ravens. Ravens, okay. I do, I have the Ravens. Number two, the Pats. Okay, same thing, but switched like always. I think it's obvious why both of those teams are in the positions. Lamar Absolutely. Jackson, Patriots defense, obvious there. Lamar Jackson's the front runner for the MVP. Exactly. Now, number three and four. 
Chiefs and Colts, respectively. Same, ex- same exact thing. I almost wanted to put the Chiefs at four okay. because how they've struggled ever since Mahomes came back. But I believe Mahomes will get it back together well, and they'll stay at three. And I almost took the Texans over the Colts, but I think the Colts with Brissett is the, are the better team. Exactly. And with how the Texans played against the Ravens, yep. I'm not believing in them. Exactly. Now let's pick our wild cards, number five and six. Bills and the Texans. I have the Bills and the Raiders. Okay. Okay, why? So the Raiders, like I was saying, are on the cusp. They're, they're the, they were the first team out, in okay. my opinion. Fair enough. Um, because I think eventually, maybe by week 14, they, they, the Texans will get their offense figured out. Um, once Will Fuller gets completely healthy and DeAndre Hopkins continue, or gets back to being DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson the same thing, uh, I think that the Texans will slip in as that sixth seed. And we both have the Bills at number five. They have seriously yeah. been a front runner that nobody was expecting Yeah, because they are in the Patriots division. Exactly, and that, that just kind of stinks for them, but I think uh, Josh Allen is way, way underrated. Exactly, and I had a, either the Raiders or the Texans. The Texans were the first one out for me. So you yep. and I have actually kind of the same set on yeah. this one. Um, if the Raiders play well this week, I think they almost, I wouldn't say lock in wild card, but they're definitely in the bubble. Oh, no, it. absolutely. Like the Chargers fell, especially after Phillip Rivers' performance, no. So yeah. I think it's between the Raiders and the Texans and the Bills for the last wild cards. Absolutely. All right, let's move over to the NFC. Who is your number one and two seed? Number one, the Saints, and the number two, the 49ers. Okay, my number one is the 49ers. My number two is the Packers. Okay. So why do you have the – you said the Saints at one? Saints are number one because, gosh, I have a man crush on Michael Thomas, man. Michael Thomas is the – if the MVP award was given to a non-quarterback – it's between Christian McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. Okay, that's agreeable. Um, Michael Thomas is phenomenal. 49ers, I think eventually they get their defense figured out, and I think their offense is good enough that they're going to sneak in as the number two seed. And the number three seed, I have the Packers. But go ahead and say you're one and two. So, yep, my one was 49ers, two yep, was Packers. you're right. Yep. Um, number one, I do think the 49ers could fall number two if they lose to the Packers this week. I just think the Packers are too good. Okay. And so if the Packers win, consider in my poll that the Packers move up. Um, if the 49ers win, it's obvious the 49ers stay where they're at. So then for my three and four seed, three seed, I have the Saints. Okay. Four seed, I have the Cowboys. I have three seed, the Packers, and the four seed, the Cowboys. Okay. So is it just the Saints? Why, why would you pick the Saints over the Packers? I'm curious. I, I just think they have a better offense. The better offense. Okay. So the, 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 the Packers are kind of like the community offense. Okay, that's fair. Where they don't have one specific guy. Aaron Jones has really burst onto the scene. Don't get me wrong. But Devontae Adams still has a lingering injury. Yes. Um, Valdez Scantling, I think, is the yep. other wide receiver. You have that right. And then Jimmy Graham. Um, Jimmy Graham's not the Jimmy Graham of old. Nope. Devontae Adams, or unhealthy Devontae Adams, is not even close to healthy Devontae Adams. Not at all. Uh, so I think Aaron Rodgers gets it done, and they're a, they're a serious threat for the Super Bowl. Yes. But I, th- I don't think they get the number one or two seed. Okay, perfect. Now let's move over to the wild cards. Who do you have as your five and six? I can't believe it because I've been hating on them for oh, a long time, but number five, the Minnesota Vikings. God. I honestly think that the Minnesota Vikings are playing really well right now. I think Dalvin Cook is playing extremely well right now. And then number six, the Seattle Seahawks. I have the same thing but flipped. If your past self heard you say that, You'd be very upset. With I you. would not be on the show anymore. If you would, if you were five up, listen, five episodes ago, Nick was talking straight trash on Kirk Cousins. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but 
here we are, and Kirk Cousins for MVP. I'm kidding. No, absolutely not. not but, but Kirk Cousins is slowly being able to do the job. And okay. so it also helps because they have Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Exactly. No, you hit it right on the head with that one. And for the Seahawks, I think it's just obvious with Russell Wilson's ability. Which it's ridiculous because Russell Wilson's a top three MVP candidate right now, and they're number sixth. So it's just like, man, they're, they're just kind of – He's kind of the only one carrying the team at the moment. Absolutely. But, hey, it gets the job done there. Yeah. So let's make a Super Bowl prediction here. Who do you have? I want to say the Ravens and the Saints. Okay. I have the Ravens and the Packers. Who would you – But – Oh, there's a but. Okay. I don't know how Lamar Jackson postseason is going to be. That is true. So I'm going to go with the Pats. Okay. The, See, pa- the Patriots against – The Saints. It's Patriots and the Saints. I think it's going to be Pat Saints. Brady versus Breeze. Brady versus Breeze. I think the Packers lose in the uh, conference round Okay. to the Saints. I have the Ravens and the Packers, and I have the Ravens winning. Okay. This is very Lamar bold. Jackson gets his first Super Bowl of his career. Yes. I will say that. However, if I see him going on the decline in the playoffs – you're going to change his pick, your pick well, right away. I will tweet right away. I'm changing no, my No, no, you're going to come back and edit this podcast and yeah. say, I told you guys five weeks ago that that they were not going to win the, the Super Bowl. Exactly. So Ravens for me, Patriots for you? Yes. Yes. All right. So that does it for this week's edition of the Weekly Touchdown. See ya.